This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Wall Street slumped at the prospect that further unrest in China and rising COVID-19 cases would slow its economy. The S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average each shed 1.5% after tens of thousands of Chinese people rallied against the country's draconian anti-COVID measures. The White House affirmed their, quote, right to peacefully protest. The number of new infections reported in China hit a record 40,000. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, said that residents of the southern Kherson region endured 258 rounds of Russian shelling this past week alone. Millions of people have only limited access to electricity, water and heat after Russian missiles pulverised much of Ukraine's energy infrastructure, including a pumping station providing water to Mykolaiv, a city north of Kherson. BlockFi, a crypto lender, filed for bankruptcy. The firm, valued at $4 billion at one point last year, failed to recover from the collapse of FTX, the crypto trading platform that also went bankrupt earlier this month. Separately, Kraken, another crypto exchange, agreed to pay more than $360,000 to America's Treasury Department for allowing transactions with users in Iran in violation of sanctions. Talks between America and Russia on the New START Treaty, meant to regulate their arsenals of strategic missiles, were postponed the day before they were due to start. America blamed Russia, accusing it of, quote, unilaterally calling off the summit scheduled to take place in Cairo, Egypt's capital. The decision comes amid months of nuclear threats from President Vladimir Putin in response to Western support for Ukraine. Saudi Arabia unveiled plans to build a mammoth airport with six runways in Riyadh, the capital. It will serve as the hub for a yet-to-be-launched state airline called RIA to compete with Emirates, which is based in Dubai. The kingdom is keen to wean its economy off oil and boost tourism. The airport will be able to accommodate 120 million passengers by 2030, if all goes to plan. Shell agreed to buy Europe's largest biogas producer for nearly $2 billion as it expands into renewables. Nature Energy, based in Denmark, produces biomethane, which is chemically identical to natural gas but is made from organic waste. In October, BP, another oil major, agreed to pay more than $4 billion for Arkea Energy, an American biogas producer. Football World Cup, Brazil scored in the 83rd minute to beat Switzerland 1-0. The winning goal came not from legendary Neymar, who is nursing a swollen ankle and has sat out two games, but from veteran midfielder Casemiro. Another superstar, Cristiano Ronaldo, claimed credit for Portugal's opening goal in its 2-0 win against Uruguay. In fact, Bruno Fernandes was responsible for both goals. And fact of the day, 7 million, the number of people that have left Venezuela in the last decade, a quarter of the population. 
And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. What's behind the selection of Pakistan's new army chief? Pakistan's army has long been regarded as wielding more political influence than the country's hapless politicians. But the appointment of Syed Asim Munir, who takes over from Khamar Javed Bajwa as chief of the army on Tuesday, looks at least partly driven by party politics. General Munir's tenure as head of Pakistan's spy agency was cut short in 2019 after he fell out with Imran Khan, then the prime minister. Mr. Khan was himself ousted by parliament in April and has since set about trying to undermine the government of Shabazz Sharif, his successor. Mr. Sharif seems to have appointed Mr. Munir partly because he sees him as a counterweight to Mr. Khan. Yet the army's reputation among voters has been damaged by Mr. Khan's unproven allegation that military leaders conspired with America to remove him from power. Many soldiers in the army's lower ranks are quiet supporters of the former prime minister. The new chief will have to work hard to regain the confidence of ordinary soldiers and other Pakistanis. Emmanuel Macron goes to Washington. The French president will arrive in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday evening for his second state visit to America. He was hosted by Donald Trump in 2018 and the first full state visit that President Joe Biden has hosted. Expect much celebration of America and France's long friendship. Both countries like to say they are each other's oldest ally. Emmanuel Macron will be treated to the works, including a state banquet at the White House. The war in Ukraine and geopolitical shifts mean that there will be tensions to manage, too. The French and American positions on Russia have converged. Both countries firmly support Ukraine while also seeking to avoid escalation and ultimately favoring a diplomatic solution to the conflict. The thorniest immediate issue will be America's massive subsidies for clean energy and semiconductors. Europe, France included, considers these a breach of international trade rules and fears for its own industries battered by soaring energy prices. New problems will test even the oldest of allies. Why the World Faces More Water Stress on Tuesday, the World Meteorological Organization publishes for the first time an evaluation of global water resources. The findings will be bleak. At COP27, held in Egypt earlier this month, governments noted the, quote, critical need for, quote, protecting, conserving, and restoring water systems. There is a growing understanding of the relationship between water scarcity and higher global temperatures, and of the need to manage water supplies in order to adapt to climate change. Global warming worsens natural disasters that affect the availability of water. Droughts are longer and more frequent. Storms and rising sea levels contaminate water used for drinking and washing. Climate change is also depleting stocks of fresh water held in glaciers, snow, and permafrost. According to the UN, by 2050, 1.6 billion people will be at risk of floods, up from 1.2 billion currently, while 3.2 billion may live in water-scarce areas up from 1.9 billion in 2010. And water, or its lack, influences economies too. In Britain and Europe, droughts currently cause around $9 billion in losses each year. America's Army Recruitment Woes For the fiscal year ending September 2022, America's Army fell 15,000 short of its goal of 60,000 new recruits. 
On Tuesday, grandees, including Major General Johnny Davis, who oversees recruitment, will discuss the problem at the Heritage Foundation, a think tank in Washington. What explains the shortfall? A red-hot job market has increased competition for workers, and the pandemic saw higher obesity rates and worse academic performance, shrinking the pool of eligible recruits. Fewer want to sign up anyway. The Army says that just 9% of eligible candidates are actually interested in joining, the lowest level for 15 years. America's chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan is partly to blame. So is political polarization. Many on the left see America's army as stuffy and outdated. Those on the right accuse it of being too woke. The army is now stepping up outreach in schools and universities and offering bigger signing bonuses. If that fails to do the trick, some reservists might be put on active duty. America and Iran meet on the football field. America and Iran have had no diplomatic relations since 1980. Representatives of the two countries almost never come face-to-face -face in any arena. But on Tuesday, their football teams will face off at the World Cup in Qatar. To stay in the tournament, America must win. Iran needs at least a draw. At their previous and only World Cup fixture in 1998, Iran took the honors 2-1. The match follows months of anti-government demonstrations in Iran, which America has supported. Before their first game in Qatar, the Iranian squad appeared to stage a protest by standing silent during their national anthem. At the second, the players did sing, but many Iranians think they were coerced. And last weekend, America's Football Federation posted a version of Iran's flag on social media, minus the logo of the Islamic Republic. It was later deleted. Neither side is likely to acknowledge it publicly, but the resonance of Tuesday's game will extend far beyond the stadium in Doha. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday. Which 1948 Hitchcock movie appears to take place in real time? Monday. Which TV streaming service is named after the NBC logo? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Louisa May Alcott, who was born on this day in 1832. Love is a great beautifier. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.